As Anne said, this is we are the first of our kind of summer services, so we're transitioning into a more all-age format. Today is on the way there. It's not entirely all-age, so it's, it's on the way there. Uh, but if you do at any point, just get the urge to go and do some colouring or some drawing or sticking. There is a space at the back for that, and you don't have to be under 18 or under 11. If you get the urge, that's fine. Our call to worship comes from the Gospel of Mark. Mark tells us that early in his ministry, Jesus sent his disciples out on a missionary endeavor. And when they returned back, he said to them these words. Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. We sing together hymn number five in the hymn book. Be still for the presence of the Lord The Holy One is here. And if you're able, I invite you to stand as we sing. Sometimes prayer is about speaking, and sometimes it's about listening. Sometimes it is an expression of thankfulness or praise, and sometimes it's an admission of failure or regret. Sometimes it uses words, and sometimes it uses silence. Sometimes it is embodied in gesture or posture. Sometimes it is expressed in art or artifact. Always it seeks to connect us with God. As we pray together this morning, let us do so first quietly and inwardly and then outwardly and collectively, as we will share in the pattern Jesus gave his followers, each in our own first languages. God, beyond names, concepts and words, we pause to recognise that as we gather, you are present around, within, and among us. 
God who is good. God who is truth. God who is beauty. God who is love. In the stillness of our hearts, we honour and praise you. God who spoke and creation sprang into existence. God who daily creates, redeems and sustains. We pause in thanks for the countless blessings we enjoy each new day. God who drew the sting of death and the power of evil into your own heart on Calvary. We know all too well that we are imperfect, that our words or silence, action or inaction, cause harm as well as good. Help us to look deep within, recognise and release to you our own regrets and remorse. God, who promises hope, a new creation where your reign of justice and truth establishes more than we can ever imagine, we join our voices together in the prayer Jesus taught his followers, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I wonder if any of the younger people would like to come and join me just at the front for a minute, and we're going to sit down together on the floor. Good setting. Lovely. Okay. Fantastic. Now the big people can join in with us as well if they want to, but I have a feeling that you're going to be the best at it. Okay. What we're going to do is we're all going to close our eyes and listen ever so carefully and see what we can hear just for one minute. Is that all right? So I'll time the one minute. You can hear a monster, right? Well, let's see what else we can hear. Okay. One minute, starting from now. Okay, well done. Brilliant listening. What did you hear, Bonnie? What did it sound like? A little monster. A little monster. Who knows? There could be a little monster. Could be me. I'm a big monster. So, good, good listening. What else did you hear? I think I heard you say something else. What did you hear? A fan, yes, I think you heard a fan. Brilliant. Max, what did you hear? Can you remember? A little monster. You didn't hear anything? Okay, that's all right. Merida, what did you hear? I don't know. You don't know? Do you know what I heard? Merida's feet going like this on the floor. That's good. 
was lovely. And I somebody. Ah, oh, was it Merida that said she heard a baby? Did you hear a baby, Merida? Yes? Good listening. Uh, I, a little monster. A little monster that big? Could be. Um, I heard somebody cough over there, over that way. What did anybody else hear that you'd like to share with us when you were listening very carefully, being very still? Anybody hear anything? No. No? Oh, well, brilliant listening at the front. I'm going to read a poem out. Um, it's by somebody we know as Patience Strong, but her real name apparently is or was Winifred, which I've just realised I've spelt wrong on there, Winifred Emma May. And we've got some copies for the grown-ups, so when I've read it, maybe um, you can help give some out. Listen, listen to see what this says. And I, have, I think I've got a picture. There we go. If you stand very still in the heart of the woods you will hear many wonderful things. The snap of a twig, and the wind in the trees, and the whirl of invisible wings. If you stand very still in the turmoil of life, and wait for the voice from within, you will be led down the quiet ways of wisdom and peace, in a world of chaos and din. If you stand very still and hold on to your faith, you will get all the help that you ask. You will draw from the silence the things you need, hope and courage and strength for your task. The kind of theme we're exploring today is about stillness, within the storms and the busyness. Max, would you like to take these and give them to Liz so she can take one and start passing them along? And do you want to take some that way? And do you want to take some to the middle? Do you want to give them a hand? I'll just take some to the back because I probably haven't given enough out on that. There we go. So that's just a copy of the poem that you can take home. Um, If you like it, you can keep it. If you don't, you can... Recycle it. And we're going to sing a hymn now, which is a version of a psalm that speaks of lifting our eyes to the hills, to a place of peace when it's very, very busy. I lift my eyes to the, it should be quiet, not quite hill, the quiet hills, not the quiet hills. Uh, and we'll remain seated as we sing this one.
Our Old Testament reading is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though its mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her right early. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And from Mark chapter 4. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great storm of wind arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with awe and said to one another, Who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. Anybody wants to go and make themselves a model boat, feel free. I'm sure that you, like me, have heard countless sermons on these two Bible readings, either separately or together. And I can certainly recall preaching on them as a pair at least once since I've been here at Hillhead. I thought it was two, but when I looked back through my records, I could only find one. Usually what we do is to remind ourselves, and rightly so, that God is present within the inevitable storms of life. Sometimes we hear amazing stories of apparent rescue when it seems that God has either stilled a storm or lifted a person out of the middle of a difficult situation. But the reality is that most of the times the storms don't miraculously cease, do they? They have to run their course. And whilst they do, the risk of being overwhelmed is very real indeed. Sometimes it really does seem as if God is absent. Or at the very best, like Jesus, sound asleep 
seemingly oblivious to what is going on around him. As I read the passages again this week, I found myself wondering, well, how was it that Jesus could sleep so soundly through that storm when all around him were terrified men calling out for help? Don't you care that we drown? Come on, Jesus, what are you going to do about it? I've always felt that was a rebuke to Jesus, suggesting that somehow he wasn't bothered. He just just looking after number one. But perhaps there's another way of hearing it. Perhaps what they're actually saying is, well, we're all, all of us, we're going to die. You as well. So, so why aren't you frightened? It's inevitable. This storm will overwhelm us. Why aren't you feeling the way we feel? And I wondered if maybe Jesus was able to sleep so soundly because he had inner peace, whilst everybody else in the boat was in inner turmoil. There were storms going on inside them. And it got me wondering, is there a risk that when life is difficult, when the storms come along and our little boat rocks and we feel that we really might capsize and go under, do we concentrate only on what going on outside of us, the things we can't control, and feel, well, if that could just be sorted, everything would be fine. Is it possible, and I would like to suggest it is, that the internal storms, the thoughts, the feelings, the attitudes that we have, can be a bigger danger for us? And unlike Jesus, who sleeps like a baby because his inner world is totally calm, we are awake, tossing and turning and worrying because actually we're not calm. As I thought about it and tried to draw together some thoughts, a number of possibilities emerged. And then I kind of did the hang on a minute moment. Because at one level, this could be totally self-indulgent, an expression of how I perceive my inner world to be, what I think are the storms, the winds and the waves, if unchecked, would overwhelm my health, my relationships, my ministry. A risk that this is just subjective and self-indulgent and all about me, and that's not helpful. And then I realized that actually what I said, no matter how careful I was, could be perceived as me singling somebody out and having a go at them about something, abusing the power of the pulpit that lacked any pastoral nous whatsoever, a risk of unintended and possibly perceived judgmentalism. And so there was a risk, a real risk, that I could end up saying something so bland and inoffensive, well, frankly, I might as well not bother. A kind of lukewarm, benign waffle to fill up the slot. Actually, just sharing that gives you a glimpse into my inner world, the potential for my over-reflective mindset to undermine my endeavours. In common with most ministers, I actually quite like being liked. I don't want to offend anybody, and sometimes I agonize over words and forms of words so much that that tiny nugget of truth that God has entrusted to me is at best hidden under a bushel, and at worst, buried for fear of loss or rejection. You should be able to spot which parables those are alluding to. So I read and reflected on the passages and I began to wonder what inner storms might be identified. And as I did so, I realised, not for the first time it has to be said, that even the good characteristics we have, a sense of responsibility, awareness of other people's circumstances, pastoral sensitivity and so on, in the extreme, turn nasty. They turn against us and they can become huge waves that swamp the prophetic edge. 
the charismatic prompt, or even the pastoral intent. So after that rather long preamble, here are some possible thoughts about the kind of storms internally that we might experience. They might resonate with you, they might not. But please hear right here and now, I have no one person or no set of people in mind in anything I'm saying. I'm not intending to criticise or rebuke. I'm just simply sharing some ideas that I think might be worth considering. There are storms around our self-esteem and our self-worth, usually in those who think less of themselves than perhaps they should. Recently, I read a book that spoke about people who saw themselves as N-Q-G-E. Never quite good enough. Successful people, very often, well-respected for their work, but always expecting that somebody's going to find them out for the fact that they didn't know this, that they will be discovered as the fraud they see themselves to be. Always thinking, well, I could have done it better. I could have done it smarter. I could have done it faster. I could have not made that mistake. Always sensing that somehow or other they've let somebody down. Such people are often over-reflective, have a heightened sense of responsibility, and can be heard saying, what have I done wrong now? Or, apologies for the appalling attempt at a Scottish accent, it's all my fault. Or something along those lines. Somebody with a proper Scottish accent can do that for me next time. Turning things over and over in their minds, saying, oh, I wish I'd said this. I wish I hadn't done that. Some people can be really oppressed by the weight of O-P-E, other people's expectations, or at least what they perceive to be O-P-E, and find themselves becoming people-pleasers, suppressing their opinions and desires, and going along with what it seems, based on the louder voices, is desired or required of them. I wonder if any of that feels like the kind of storms that rage in your hearts and minds. Because if that resonates for you, then Jesus says to you this, stop it. Stop it. You're accepted as you are. I value you enough to die for you. God values you as a precious child. Be still and know that. And then, if not exactly storms, there may be whirlpools and riptides that have the potential to drag us into despair or drown us in a sea of self-destruction. Unhealthy attitudes or mindsets. We all know the kind of thing. Long-term bitterness that refuses to let go of the past. Sustained resentment over injustices, real or perceived. Unresolved guilt, irrespective of where the fault really lies. Refusal to forgive. Not the inability to forgive yet because the hurt is too raw or too recent but rather a chosen path of clinging on to wrongs done. Or a critical spirit that sees only that which is wrong and offers no encouragement or alternative. Maybe even sometimes what a former ministerial colleague of mine used to call POM disease. P-O-M. Poor old me. I honestly don't think anybody sets out to cultivate such attitudes. But some people do and will find it harder than others to let them go. And I think there is a potential in every single one of us for them to grow surreptitiously. That if unchecked, they will overwhelm us and destroy our humanity. It may be that you sense that these or other similar whirlpools 
or riptides are trying to drag you under. If that's the case, then listen to Jesus. Stop it. Stop it. You can't undo what's been said or done. But you can choose how it affects your future. Look upward and forward. God loves you with an everlasting love, binds your wounds and heals all iniquities. Be still and know that. And then there's a third possibility, the storms that we chase or choose. Have you ever seen these films on television of people that go chasing hurricanes? There's a thrill in chasing them. They get into their cars and off they go, risking injury or worse in their pursuit of this moment. I have a suspicion that for some of us anyway, the storms that end up oppressing us are ultimately of our own making. Overwork, busyness, filling every waking moment with activity to the point where suddenly it all becomes too much and we find ourselves irritable, tired, ill, or possibly all three. And maybe there is something in here about control, about trust or lack of trust, a sense that only I can do this or only we can do this. That if somebody else does it, they might not get it right. That if I'm not there, then things will fall apart. A diary crammed a year in advance, and mine sometimes certainly is. Cancelled or untaken holidays. Missed family events. And even potentially a kind of passive-aggressive, it's fine. No, really. No, it doesn't matter. I honestly don't mind that I haven't had a holiday for 300 years. Juggling too many balls, waiting for them to come crashing down. If any of that sounds familiar, then you already know what Jesus is going to say to you. Stop it. Stop it. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my light burden. Choose my smooth yoke. Be still and know that. Jesus says, stop it. Oh yeah, but, but, but who's going to? Jesus says, stop it. Oh, but, but what about? Jesus says, stop it. Yeah, well that's easy for you to say, isn't it? But... Stop it. Stop. Stop if just for one moment. Be still. Listen. Not with your ears only, but with your mind, with your heart, with your soul. What is it that Jesus wants to say to you? Dare you trust him? Will you allow him to still the storms of your inner world so that you may indeed rest safe and secure in a world where storms will happen? We take just a few moments of silence to listen for the voice of God.
Be still, my soul. The Lord is on your side. Bear patiently the cross of grief and pain. Leave to your God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul. Your best, your heavenly friend through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. prayers uh, for ourselves and for others this morning 
are in the form of a meditation. Uh, Some find that sitting comfortably and breathing deeply are helpful for meditation, but you do what you find most helpful. And in an attitude of prayer, we listen further for the voice of God as we bring to mind the worries and concerns in our own life and in the life of the world. So let us pray. The wind and the waves, that's what we notice, the weather outside. Real wet rain that defies our waterproof jackets and coats and gets into our shoes and boots. Winds that stir things up, blow us off course, cancel the ferries, causes flooding and landslides on the roads, disrupts the trains. Change our plans, real winds of change. Weather that gives us good news and bad, something to worry about, plenty to talk about. But beyond the weather, what other things rock the boat, really disturb our faith? Crises? Controversies, news headlines, television pictures. We notice these too, and they're around us, tangible, topical. And like the weather, largely beyond us. Touching us more closely, but still outside our control. There is the loss of those we love, cutting us adrift. Disability or illness, isolating us from a busy world. Loss of work or lack of self-worth, making us feel not valued. Now Jesus challenges us to look again at what is going on inside each one of us, in our minds, in our hearts, in our gut reactions to things, our fears, our hopes, our anxieties, our dreams. Jesus says, why are you so afraid? What is it that moves you, that moves me? What motivates What paralyzes us with dread? What hurts? What heals? What enables us to sleep like a trusting child? What makes us cry for help in the darkness? Why do we believe that we can't cope and then in the heart of the storm, find courage and a great calm. Jesus says, where is your faith? Loving God, help us to perceive your presence more powerful than the storms outside, a presence which brings peace and healing for any conflict within. May we embrace your calm 
let it bless our whole being, that we may become whole, and through our wholeness, that we may bring your wholeness to others throughout the world. Jesus says, Come to me, and I shall give you rest. Amen. So be it. Loving God, present with us in the whole of life, offering us rest and peace and hope and love. As we bring these gifts, help us to employ them to share these truths with others in this place and beyond. In the name of Christ. Amen. Closing hymn is number 555 in the hymn book. In heavenly love abiding, no change my heart shall fear. And if you're able to stand as we sing, please do.
as we move from the relative stillness of this place to the familiar activity of life outside. Bless us with inner peace, the assurance that we are loved and accepted, and that you are with us always, around us and within, in every moment of every day. Thank you.